After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Down the bitch gang. Yay. Uh, five on the floor. Ride for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing. Got an all band. Y'all seen the block. Stop the one hand. And pack with trust. It's fine, have the guts. We here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome back to Five on the Floor. No, this is not Ethan J. Skolnick. No, this is not Leif Sylvander. They weren't available. Leif is at the Hornets game with his family. Ethan is at the Dolphins game that's going on right now, which is why we're trying to do a quick wrap-up, quick post-game pod for you guys after a 116-114 heat win in Charlotte. It got a little, it got a little murky there. It, it looked like they were they might have um, had another one of those fourth quarters where we end up talking on the show about how this is a running theme for the season after it was such a strength for them last season. Luckily, they were able to come out with the win, but we're still outscored. Uh, by 10 in the fourth quarter by a low, you know, a lowly Hornets team missing LaMelo ball, missing their best player. And obviously the heater missing Bama Tyler. But look, you got a lot of if you just look at the box score, it looks a lot prettier than I think it did tonight just because it was kind of a high, um, you know, a high offense game. And you look at the offensive ratings in the half court and overall, like both teams played pretty games when you just talk about production and efficiency. But it was one where I feel like it for the Heat, it shouldn't have got to that point in the first place where you need to just kind of um, eke it out at the end. It, it, I feel like there were there was some uh, mistakes made. But, you know, you look at Jimmy Butler, 23 points, Caleb, 20, uh, Duncan, who we'll get to in a little bit, 24, Jaquez, 18, Love, 19. Like they're consistently getting a lot from a lot of different guys and so it's it's a good thing for them and that's why it makes it even harder to get to this next next segment here with you know the rock esports gamer of the night and now on five on the floor it's time for the gamer of the night sponsored by rock esports center the place to eat drink and play all day host your next birthday party with them located at 15305 south dixie highway in palmetto bay they've got a 5500 square foot state-of-the-art center equipped with all the high-end power play all day passes available for just 25 bucks but if you mention five reasons it's just $20. So mention five reasons or five RSN. You get to play all day for $20. And now, the gamer of the night. Brady, I want to get to you and stop talking here. But 
how do you choose between all these nice, cute stat lines from tonight? Like, you really got a lot of them between Jimmy's 23, 4, and 8. You know, a lot of these guys not only gave you scoring, but gave you, like, you know, kind of stat-stuffing stat lines. Who, who who stood out to you tonight out of all these guys? Yeah, it, it is tough because it's honestly surprising, to your point, when you were talking about it. We talked about it before the show, how, how the stat lines do look this pretty in a game that I don't feel like was pretty at all. Like, I feel like there was just a lot of things that, that went wrong throughout the game. It was in the mud a little bit. Uh, but it was just two bad defenses that felt like going at each other tonight. A heat bad defense was playing on the floor. And obviously, Charlotte is not a good defense. But I'll say, I think you have to give it to Duncan Robinson. And I know it's the easy thing to say because he had the most points in the team. But you're seeing this stuff where the efficiency is still carrying over. And I know last game that wasn't the case. This isn't a guy you're expecting to to be great like this every single game. So you could kind of warrant that, I guess, a little bit. But 8 of 14 shooting and 5 of 9 from 3. And we've talked so much about the stuff inside the arc, which he was doing a lot of in this game, where he was doing some of that stuff when he was getting in the lane. But the big thing to me was the efficiency from three, where you're seeing him catch on get get back on track in that way. He had a shot in this game that I've never seen him that open in my entire life. Like just he was sitting in the corner and Kyle found him and there was nobody near him. And that kind of it, it kind of shows just what they were dealing with on this Charlotte team. Like winning by two and squeaking out a win probably isn't the greatest thing in the world. But you're in a position right now with, with the podcast we've been doing, you need to take every win you can get. You take every single one of these with the mount with the starters that you're without and all of this stuff. So you'll take it. But I thought Duncan Robinson did good things. I thought he got them on track in their offense. Uh, the biggest thing other than the scoring is that that thing I mentioned, like they ran an action to begin the game where they kept spamming him off like a little curl with Orlando and it led into a, a three. Then the next time they ran it led into him passing to Orlando. Orlando got pulled and it was a foul. And it was like they just find these little pockets of the game where they find an action for Duncan and just spam it. Uh, and when, when you're in this position where you don't have Tyler, don't have Bam, you don't have uh, these, all these different players, it's like you have to do that at this point. And having Duncan as that hub is important. So just keep finding ways to get him in a rhythm I think is important. And it's kind of another one of those games that kind of logs onto his 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 stat sheet in the, in the season. I mean, I think at this point there's no doubt from anybody involved, whether inside the organization or like within like the fans, that Duncan is certified. Like it's just obvious what he does at this point. And it's like he's gotten so good at the other things too, that it's just like it's a guarantee that you know that even if the three isn't falling at, at a high level, he's gonna give you other stuff. And I think he's just gotten so good at playing off of his own gravity and realizing that, you know, don't ever pick up the ball. Just keep it moving. He's always moving. And, like, when, when something isn't there, he'll reset and try to go around the screen again and, 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 you know, try to create another advantage. And Duncan is just so damn good at knowing when the advantage is there, when it isn't, and when to keep it going. Like, his feel for the game is insane now, mixed with the confidence that he has in his own ability to get to the rim and finish or to, you know, get into the paint and make the, the next pass. Like, he, he's just out there making reads and it, it, he's so comfortable out there that none of this feels fluky it's not like oh duncan robinson shooting 60 percent from three and it's none of this feels fluky like he's still an elite shooter but he's doing all this other stuff and it's just been so huge for an offense that is still ranked pretty um low in the league when it comes to rim attempts and rim field goal percentage so the stuff that duncan is doing getting their offense going i think is a huge part of you know what i was talking about earlier when you just look at the, the box score stuff with part of the reason why so many other guys um, you know, are, are getting to these good look these good looks is that like they're constantly getting the offense moving because of Duncan. So no, I'm not gonna, you know, just give all the credit to him, but he has been absolutely just, you know, phenomenal for them. And 
I think between him, Jaquez, and somebody else who I want to get to here next, like I think he's been one of those consistent positives for them. And uh, if you see me laughing here, I don't know where I'm, I'm trying to keep it straight, uh, my, my face straight, because uh, I watched the game with Giancarlo Navas and Pete Pete tonight, and he's over there doing his show at the same time, yelling his ass off. I don't know why, because Kyle Lowry had a bad night. So ex- excuse me if uh, you see me laugh a little bit. But just as far as this game, Brady, uh, what you know, I, I'm going to get into specifics for another player soon. But do, did you have any main takeaways from this game, just like generalized takeaways? I mean, it's hard to take main general takeaways from a team that's just not healthy and they just look kind of all over the place. But I mean, the individual stuff I think is important. I think that's important to note Uh, before we talk about the positives. And I know we're going to get into a certain player. I think number one, the night from Kyle Lowry, as you mentioned, and Josh Richardson, when you have your guard room that we were kind of battling it out between those two, talk about who's going to be the starting point guard and they're going, what is it? One for 13. I think it was originally 0 for 12 and then Kyle hit the one late to get them one for 13. Like, just it's just problematic on nights like this. Like I think with Josh, I think you know that there's going to be a, a bit of inefficiency throughout the season. But I think that some of the shots you're watching from Kyle specifically is kind of a little all over the place, just the shot diet and stuff when you feel like he's a guy that should be the one settling your shots and getting you the right shots in your half court. And it felt like it was kind of all over the place. Uh, but on the other side of that, because I know that we're going to go to another player in a second, as you mentioned, but Caleb Martin, I think it deserves – he probably was probably my second choice for gamer of the night just because – his consistency, him finding a flow, I thought in the beginning of that game, the way he was putting pressure on the rim, like it's one thing to say to put pressure on the rim, but he's doing it in so many different ways, and he's doing it with ease. Like I watch it, he's throwing a dribble combo behind the back. He's at the rim, and he's laying it in. Uh, he's just bullying people, putting his shoulder down and, and, and drawing a foul or, or getting an and one, and it's like, okay, he can do that too. But the finishing specifically, and we talked about that a lot this season, is layup packages. He's just been a really good finisher so far this year. So I think in terms of – you know, games like this where you're squeaking out a win and there's not a lot of big time takeaways, you need guys like that to find their flow. And I feel like this is another one of those games where he's kind of logging that in the fold a little bit. So I thought he was he was an important player tonight. Uh, and the last one I'll say is Orlando Robinson. Like he's he's finding himself a little bit of a role here. And I'm not saying because he did not have a crazy stat line, but some of the stuff he's doing that's that's kind of jumbled up over the last few games where defensively like he is held up in the post and against like big players like really well like he's he's been getting blocks on guys where he doesn't even jump he just uses his body just gives him as little space as possible and he's throwing he's throwing the ball back uh and offensively i feel like he's just playing his role screening offensive rebound he's active on the boards does all of that little stuff that he, he they all miami wanted in a backup big or, or somebody to fill in was somebody that doesn't make mistakes and doesn't get in the way of their other players. And he's doing that exactly what they wanted. So I, I think that's just an important thing to mention. Yeah, I think Orlando has been pretty solid for them. And, and yeah, good job on mentioning Caleb. I think he's been, you know, ever since that first Cleveland game a while back, I feel like he really hasn't looked back where, you know, not every game has been like A plus or anything like that, but I just feel like he's been generally like very good and has looked more like himself. And especially what you talk about the finishing, like, it's it's nothing new to any Heat fan. He is the best, most creative finisher on the team, right? Where um, if you're not necessarily talking about percentage, but more like, you know, who has the most amount of finishes, who can – because the guy is really just there, like, looking to get up in the air and then figure out how they're contesting to then react and finish. Like, he he's a he's a natural at that. He, he's And I'm happy for him, man. And just, like, taking a quick look at his stats for this season, I'm, obviously this is probably not including tonight – um, shout out dunks and threes.com but 
Like he is back to taking now he's taking a career high attempts at the rim per 75 possessions. And the number it's a career high, but the number is just a little bit higher than it was in the first season with the heat. And I think a lot of that has to do with the role that he was in then and the role he's in now, where obviously he's got a lot more usage now. And that shows in the numbers, too. But coming off the bench, and this is something that we've talked about forever, is that he gets to attack the rim a little bit more. Whereas even though the the lineups with him last year as a starter were positive, um, he didn't get to show off the the finishing quite as much, I feel, when, uh, you know, kind of having to defer to some of the other guys and the starters, whereas him just coming in and being a part of these bench units, I feel like he's getting more of a role there. And the usage is way up when you just talk about straight up usage percentage. And, and, you know, he's getting up a lot of shots at the rim. And I think that's what they need from him. And like, you know, you look at that, that like the, what they're getting from him at the rim over the past, whatever it is, like three weeks to, to a month or so. You, you look at Hakez, what he's been giving you as far as guys who can get to the rim. Like that's, and Duncan and Duncan, like as we, as we were just talking about, like, these have been huge for their offense. Now, I just wish they would they would convert a little bit more, right? Like another night where they don't convert well at the rim. Um, they, they've been down this year in the mid-range, like uh, percentage-wise. The volume is still there, of course. And uh, again, like their threes fall. They, they, they shot 43% from, uh, tonight from three. They don't take an insane amount, but they've been pretty consistent with that this year. And I feel like that's kind of been getting them through because I like the process a lot of the times, and I feel like they're getting more into the paint than the past, but the conversion rate just still isn't there. But um, again, I want to shout out Rock Esports Center. I don't think I did that before. I let the imaging do the work for me, but shout out to them. The only gaming lounge in Miami. Go check them out. They've got um, a ton of stuff to offer for you, Rock Esports. And now I want to get to the A Aggressive Insurance Play of the Night. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com, slash, Miami Heat. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 
This year, build your credit history with the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. No credit checks to apply. Get started at Chime.com build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Chime checking account and 200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply. And now it's time for the Insurance by Lynette Play of the Night, sponsored by InsuranceByLynette.com and A Aggressive Insurance Agency. You can reach out to our friend Lynette at 954 581 8800, that's 954-581-8800, or That's insurancebylanet.com with two N's and two T's. Your best play for auto insurance, homeowners insurance, condo insurance, life insurance, or a retirement program. Reach out to Lynette at insurancebylanet.com. So, Brady, like you said earlier, I felt like this is just not like a... This is not going to be like one of the more memorable <laughs> games of the season. <laughs> if you look back on it, I, like the end made it fun because it was kind <laughs> of remembering this. Nobody. Yeah. Because I'm always somebody who's like, I enjoy close games. So then making it close, like that, it's always been a conflicting thing with me because like you want the Heat to just close them out and do well. And then our, our podcast downloads are doing well. But at the same time, I, I enjoy the chaos of, cl- of close games, right? I enjoy some stakes in my regular season basketball, spicing it up. So that part of it was kind of fun because I didn't actually feel like they were going to give it up. But, you know, it was it, it was risky there, right? And, and again, without Bam and Tyler on the road, like nothing is guaranteed in the NBA. They've lost the Hornets plenty of times before. And they have Ish Smith. So I felt like maybe all the odds were <laughs> stacked against the Heat tonight. But in all seriousness, what I'm getting to here is there, there was some clutch plays tonight. And I want to lob you up here because I think there was one that was maybe – you know, maybe the most timely of them all. Yeah, so Brandon Miller hit a three that basically cut the game down to four, 109-105 with 2.30 to go. Uh, and <laughs> it really felt like that was the moment where the tide was really shifting. Like, it felt like they, they were hitting that offensive wall. It was like, what are they going to do next? And they kind of just had Kyle dribbling at the, like, right, like kind of high up on the right wing where he was just kind of dribbling around. And then he just sends, like, a rocket over to his left to Kevin Love who just pulls that thing. And he knocks it down, and they go up seven. Uh, and they kept having those plays, and the Hornets kept answering. But it felt like that one was just kind of the one that was like, for one, it was a big play to put them up in that in that situation. But it's the fact of down the stretch now, they have to worry about Kevin Love even more so in these pick and pops. And the biggest thing is we just kind of wanted an excuse as well to talk about Kevin Love tonight because we haven't been able to mention him. He's kind of the one guy that I'm like, I walk away from this game about that I'm kind of talking the most about. 7 of 11 from the field, 4 of 8 from 3. He's shooting the ball extremely well. And that's not even talking about, that's not even high up on his uh, radar in terms of things that we are usually talking about with him. The rebounding the other night and these outlet passes. And, you know, late in the second quarter to finish the half, he had back to back above the break threes just because they were so worried about the drives and they just kind of kicked it out. He had two good looks from three. And then he gets an – it was like a steal of some kind a little before half court. He throws a dart to Caleb on the run, and he and he dunks it. That's an eight-point run, like with a snap of a finger, like that quickly. And he's just an energy shifter. Like it just really seems like uh, they play – the guys are playing really well with him. His connection with Jimmy is just really, really good. And it was funny because I remember last year when they acquired him, we talked about it. We're like, this could be an interesting one because Jimmy's good with pick-and-pop guys. Uh but I didn't think about it from the perspective as much about the like the way Kevin impacts Jimmy with the way that his passing does. And I'm not even talking about the full court stuff. Like he had a pass in this game where he threw it over the top to Jimmy, like looped it perfectly over the top at the rim. And it's like 
they just have a really good balance with the high low stuff, with the full court stuff, with the pick and pops. That those two guys just have a really good connection. He's just an energy guy, and and you know the fact that he's in really good shape, and the fact that he could play plug and play minutes, and and play in these different roles, and play in these different spots, and play at the four next to Orlando if need be, but also play at the five. He's just an easy guy to play with, and he's playing so well right now. The issue is, and this is probably another a whole other topic, but is this type of play in December and November going to burn him out for the playoffs? And now they're looking around of who's going to play back of five or whatever when Bam's not in. I guess they'll they'll cross that bridge when they get there. I think in the start of the new year, they need to find games where they're resting Love and goes back to my Orlando point. I think it makes it pretty easy to, to rest Kevin Love with the way Orlando's playing. So that'll be something to monitor. But for now, Kevin Love deserves a lot of credit. No doubt. Shout out to him. Another um, big night, especially when you're just talking about somebody that you have for essentially the veteran minimum. It's a little bit more than that. Like he, had, he got like the, the 120% raise or whatever. But, you know, you talk about like getting value out of guys. And again, not to just look at guys as, as just like what they make, but you're getting a lot of value out of, um, you know, not only K-Love, but Josh Richardson, who, you know, didn't have a great night tonight. But just that's just more of a general thing. I, I just think K-Love has been great and, and has extended like all the goodwill that he earned last season with what he did in the playoff for more than anything. Cause I thought he was like, okay during the regular season after they first acquired him, but there was like, they weren't essentially, they weren't necessarily like winning those minutes. And that was kind of a running thing. And then they ended up needing him for the playoffs and, and specific, you know, big matchups there ended up being huge. So I was wondering like coming into this season, you know, is he going to have a regression year where, you know, he's not going to have the fresh legs anymore Maybe he's not a full-time starting four. And that just kind of went out the window quick. Like, he went from being a starter to their backup five quick. And now it's just been like, okay, that is the perfect role for him. He is easily their best backup five. Like, there hasn't been a question about it. And then, like, whether you're just talking about, like, what, you know, watching the game, the eye test stuff, like, he is hitting the threes, the, um, you know, the outlet passes that, that, that people talk about with him. It's not like some exaggerated thing. Like, he just does it. Every time he grabs a rebound, he was looking. He's a transition player without moving in transition. Like he is finding the guy like a damn quarterback out there. And it's no exaggeration. He just does this stuff. He positionally, he's good. Like he, he gets in the way and draws charges. Like he's still grabbing rebounds out there. And just looking at his raw stat line ever since Bam got hurt. So including the first Pacers game where Bam got hurt. Love has averaged 12.6 rebounds and four assists since then. So nothing crazy, but it's like, you know, he's up in the stat line. He's, you know, doing exactly what you would want to see of him. And that's including tonight's stat line, by the way. Shout out Stat Muse. Um, but, you know, doing it on 59% from the field and 48 from three in these uh, five games. Just to give you an example, like the guy's been fantastic. Not only that, like you look at the lineup data and not to, sorry for going on so long here. Just, you know, with Jimmy, they're, they're plus 9.91 uh, net rating. That's per 100 possession. That's fantastic. Also, like you said, Without Jimmy, plus 6.49 net rating. So he's just been fantastic for them with and without um, Jimmy. And I, I particularly love the pairing, but he's just been a positive overall. I was telling Giancarlo here, like you'd think that him scaling up his role and, um, you know, would maybe show off some of these warts a little bit more. And it's like, uh, you know, maybe people are not as high on him, but it's been the opposite. Like he's been great. He's been great. Um He's he's been exactly what they need. Like there's only so much you can do without Bam. It's a big drop off, like we've talked about. But you know, Caleb's been great, and so that that was a that was a clutch three tonight. And shout out to a aggressive insurance. Check out insurancebylenet.com. 
And shout out to her for always being one of our most active participants, whether in Discord, playback, when we go live, all of that. So shout out to Lynette. I want to end the show with the Eric Rubenstein injury report. And now it's time for the official five on the floor injury report sponsored by our friend Eric Rubenstein, the personal injury attorney born and raised in Lauderdale, Florida, lives in Miami, went to St. Thomas. He's a South Florida guy and a huge Miami Heat fan. But the important thing is he can help you get your money that you deserve when something happens to you. So reach out to our guy, Eric Rubenstein, again, ericrubenstein.com or ask about me. I got you on Instagram. And now the injury report. Okay, so not a lot of new stuff here, right? Um, Bam was still out tonight. Tyler was still out tonight. Um, Haywood Highsmith was out tonight. Kyle Lowry was questionable leading up to this game. Um, what, was it his back? Brady, remind me. Yeah, I think it was back spasms. Okay, yeah. And he definitely looked more conservative tonight. Um, don't really want to get into too much injury stuff here because I don't think anything is necessarily too – there's no hot topic here. Like it's not, nothing's new here, but just want to shout out Eric Rubenstein, personal injury attorney, attorney, go check out Eric Rubenstein.com. And, um, I, I think his Instagram handle is, and I'm, I'm going to mess it up now. I think he, he uh, Ethan said it in the, ask about me. I got ask, you. Ask about me. I got you. That's, that's what it is. Thank you, Brady. He's everywhere. Yes. He's everywhere. He, he's, he's really tuned into the <laughs> Miami local scene. So, uh, shout out Eric Rubenstein, but, um, in general, I don't think there's anything new there. I just kind of wanted to get um, your takeaways on how this team, and, and this could just be like a quick hitter type of thing, um, on how this team has fared without Bam. Um, just kind of overall, whether you talk whether it's defense or just in general, I guess relative to what you thought they'd be without Bam in these five games. And uh, the one last thing I wanted to say about Kayla that I forgot to before that I think is kind of interesting, and I'm going to monitor as the season goes on. By the way. Another um, stat that that Dunks and Threes produces, and um, it's a it's one of these catch-all an- analytics, and I think a lot of people kind of look at it as better than some of the others because it accounts for more things. But essentially, if you just look at his offensive estimated plus-minus and his overall estimated plus-minus, um, it's kind of right now matching up with two seasons ago for K Love, which is when he finished runner-up for Six Man of the Year behind Tyler Hero. So just impact-wise, K-Love, like these the stats are kind of telling you he's more or less at that level. And he's, by the way, giving you a much higher assist, percent, assist percentage and lower turnover percentage in that time. So shout-out to K-Love. I just wanted to uh, you know, give you that last piece, that last morsel of informa- uh, information there because I thought it was kind of interesting that he's you know right on track with you know that season. But to get back to the point, because um, it, it, it does involve K-Love, how do you think they fared overall without Bam? And without, of course, Tyler and Highsmith as well. It's not just Bam, but just in this kind of these past few games. Yeah, I'll I'll just stick with this point because I think we've hit on a lot of the individual stuff. I just keep coming back to the point, and we did this podcast where we talked about where they stand without Bam, but it's more so I keep coming back to it, watching more of these games. The point of attack defense <laughs> really has fallen off a cliff without Bam. And you mentioned, I'm glad you mentioned Highsmith because he is a part of that perimeter defense uh, and point of attack stuff because they obviously put him on a ton of guards. But to the fact that it's – I just didn't expect it to fall apart like this. And I felt like it was going to be more so about the second line of defense. Like it was going to be – like we are going to be talking about, well, 
they're getting picked apart because Love's in a blitz. So they're getting picked apart because Orlando in drop is getting picked on. It hasn't really been that. Like it, it, It's been more so just straight-up breakdowns on the perimeter where whether it's Kyle, whether it's Josh, whether it's anybody, and I'm not even talking about specifics. It's like it's happening all over the place. And when you're looking at a Charlotte team, like, yeah, you shouldn't have that problem specifically. Like, I can understand on a night when you look at this roster and say, oh, well, maybe they couldn't score, which they they were able to in this game. But when you're able to get, when you're just getting like allowing them just to walk into the lane time and time again and making things easy for this type of team, that can catch up to you. So they're lucky they were able to escape. And that's why I said the word escape before because they just keep having that happen. And the other thing is, which we didn't talk, probably talk about long enough, but I think we're probably sick of talking about it. The fourth quarter collapses continue where the, the numbers in the fourth quarter are just absolutely insane. And it's hard to track because there's nothing that's linear there because, you know, before, when they're healthy, they have the lineup at the beginning of the fourth quarter where it's the four bench guys with Bam and then, or Orlando with him out. And that lineup's actually been pretty good this season. Like that fourth quarter lineup has been good. And then when they go into that closing mode, it's been, it's been problematic. But it's just as a whole, like they, it just feels like even when you look at the numbers, if we dumb it down to the second half only, it's been bad. Like they just have these, this different type of energy in that, in that range. So this is going to be a thing we talk about forever. We're going to talk about clutch games. We're going to talk about fourth quarter collapses. We're going to talk about point of attack defense. Even when you think any of that is fixed, it never really is. So that's kind of my main takeaway. Yeah. And, um, yeah, all that stuff continues, and it's funny because we did that one episode where Ethan asked us if we if uh, if essentially their perimeter guys are BAM merchants, which I thought was a little bit over the top, but I get that he was just kind of being a little bit facetious. But it's you know this hasn't done that great for them, like in in that aspect of like arguing for them, like no, they're better than that because I do still think that, but I do think like there there is a certain degree of like being used to what BAM does for you. And on top of the drop off, because like these, you know, Kevin, Orlando, Thomas, they're all trying their best. The drop off is what it is. It's ginormous. And anything will, will will back that up, whether you just watch or whether you look at the stats, it's a it's a huge drop off. But so it's like it's I feel like it's both things it's like they they there's a huge drop off and they're just making more mistakes. And I feel like maybe got a little bit too comfortable with all the different ways that Bam clean th- cleans things up, you know, on the backside for them. The other thing, just I did a quick search for, you know, look at, looking at their half-court defense ever since Bam has been out. So, obviously, only been five games. I'm not sure if this includes tonight, uh, but 22nd in half-court defense, uh, in half-court defensive rating since Bam got hurt. Not good. Not good, I would say. It's supposed to be a defense-first team. Um, you know, you knew that there would be some defensive warts popping up without Bam. They've got to fix that, and they've just got to got to hold it down until he comes back, or at least Haywood Highsmith. Like <laughs> they need Haywood Highsmith back too. I think we probably got to include him into the into the defensive drop off here because he was, you know, playing really well for them on that end. But anyways, Brady, I've gone on long enough. Shout out to you for coming on. Shout out to Eric Rubenstein. Shout out to InsuranceByLanette.com and EricRubenstein.com. Shout out to the Rock Esports Center. Look forward to the next watch party, which hasn't been scheduled yet, but I'm thinking the next tournament is going to have more stakes to it, and I think that that'll be uh, unveiled later in the future. Thank you guys for tuning in. There'll be more from from us uh, coming in the future, but you know, we just wanted to get back to this Dolphins game. Thank you for tuning in, and have a good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. After all. 
someone needs to listen to my dad. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.